The show for the curious connoisseur. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am Ryan, your guide to the greener side of life. Welcome to our Sunday snippets on the Cannabis Connoisseur podcast. Each Sunday, we bring you bite-sized insights from our past episodes, focusing on one specific topic for under 13 minutes. It's perfect for your quick coffee break or even a short drive. So let's dive into this week's snippet and unfold the wonders of cannabis together, shall we? Let's go. Fact number one is that only 13% of medical schools have taught, as as of 2017, this may have changed. I have to assume this has inched up a little bit um, since 2017, a few years from now. But like since then, only 13% of medical schools were teaching about the endocannabinoid system. This is sad, man. This is like, yeah, I I can't, like, it just, you know, these are people that you go to your doctor to get real medical advice because you're you're concerned about something. And these are people that you trust wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And you should, they've gotten amazing training, amazing training. The problem is the endocannabinoid system wasn't discovered until the 1990s. And so we just started learning about it. And the endocannabinoid system is like your cardiovascular system. It's like your respiratory system. It's your nervous system. It's like, now we have your endocannabinoid system and explains so much. So 13, 13% 13% of doctors in medical school not being, ta- or only 13% being taught the endocannabinoid system. I hope that number has gone up, but like that's, that is a big, big, big reason why right. we're not making head. We haven't made headway in a long time in, in, uh, in, in the misconception department because exactly. our doctors won't get on board. Right. And they can't, one, they can't get on board. They haven't been taught to get on board. So yeah. it's, um, I hope that changes it. I think it is my understanding, but yeah, Jet, what are your thoughts on that, man? It's that devil's lettuce. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't want to teach you it. It's like, you know, doctors are like, it, it just, it, we already, we already, we've talked about this many times. It's just the, the conception of cannabis back in the, uh, you know, the thirties, forties, you know, way back when it just, it's seen as an evil drug that like makes people go wild and wacky. So that's why right. study it if it's a bad thing? Uh, I, obviously, you know, it's a stigma. So that's you, med- doctors and doctors shy away from it. They don't, they can't talk about it because nope. it's not in their medical books. And it makes sense. You know, if you go to school they teach you all these things, they didn't teach you this one thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why, and I'm sure that's going to change. It probably has changed at this point um, yeah. just because the world's changing and it's legal now in yeah. a lot of places. And, and you mentioned something about reefer madness, which is actually, uh, interestingly, Jack, you and I are on the same wavelength today because that leads into point number two that I wanted to talk about. For, okay, so the next thing I wanted to point out, you talked about reefer madness back in the 30s. So th- that's when we started doing research on, on cannabis was back in reefer madness days back in the 30s because we wanted to figure out why kids were getting so crazy whenever they'd use Mexican, you know, sativas, right? Which yeah. is ridiculous. But, you know, whatever, it started... <laughs> It let them down the road to start doing research. Now, obviously, they were looking for certain answers that they wanted to kind of fit in their their storyline, but that didn't always happen, right? And so we were able to find different things throughout that research. It started to show us when we started working with objective scientists, wow, cannabis isn't the worst thing in the world, right? Um, And so the 30s really started that with reefer madness and, 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 and what we're finding, and this is kind of another point, number two is we have more research than we think we have on cannabis at this point. We have over 40,000 studies into cannabis. Now, when you hear somebody say, especially a doctor, because they haven't had the research, or sometimes even if you are licensed, you have to go back and keep educating yourself through that research and understanding the cutting edge research of what is happening. And so when you hear somebody say, we don't have all the research, we have so much research. And I go through that research every single week, like PubMed articles and 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 looking through like all the science scientific data that they have, all the things that I am familiar with looking at through college, luckily. But 
Um, it, it's we have forty thousand research articles that are attributed to cannabis. Mm-hmm. And it's we also, on top of that, have a myriad of anecdotal evidence. People like myself, which is why you and I do this show, Jack, like, you know, I have, you know, gotten to a point where myself, I'm just, I'm convinced that cannabis is a good thing because I've seen it be a good thing. You've seen it be a good thing, right? And so, like, we have anecdotal evidence. We have scientific evidence. Get this thing off schedule one so we can just get into it, right? And so, like, like, there's so much that we have, I think, to just move on past that. But Reefer Madness, you know, is where it all kind of started. And the 90s is when we discovered the endocannabinoid system because we were starting to do all that research. So, number two, man, uh, was that. And and I think that's a really interesting point because we hear a lot of people say it's not research, it's not studied. It is absolutely research. It's not to the fullest extent that we want it yeah. to be, but it's, we got some stuff out there to know. We got some good things that are coming from cannabis right now. Right. And we 100%. can expect more. Yeah. And, and so um, the other thing, the, the number point number three, just to lead into that, when we're talking about scientific research that I thought was really cool um, is that there are endocannabinoids receptors found in the mitochondrial walls. So are you familiar with the mitochondria at all? Like I am just because I took a ton of science classes and it was always I like, know, uh, I know about, more about it from like fasting. Like whenever okay. you fast, your mitochondria like re- replenishes itself. It's like yeah. your tiny, 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 tiny cells that yep. like make up who you are, and you got to make you got to keep these guys healthy. Yep, like, they're very important. It's the it's the power, the quote unquote powerhouse of your cells, there right? Is. Yeah, yeah, so, that's so, it. They're the powerhouse. Exactly. Yeah, and that's probably a lot of people. I think in high school, like you remember, like the powerhouse is the mitochondria, right? Oh, that's right, exactly. Man. And so, and Long so, time ago. Yeah, but like that's what you remember that. So what energizes your body is is making sure if you're not energized, it comes down to the cellular level, right? Like it's because there's something wrong there, right? And the reason why we know that's actually a thing now is because your mitochondria is the powerhouse, the energy powerhouse of all your cells. And if that's not in balance, then your body is not going to be in balance. You're gonna, your, your energy yeah. levels are going to be different. You're not going to feel as good. So what we found is that there are endocannabinoid receptors on the cell walls of the mitochondria showing that the endocannabinoid system actually affects your energy levels. And if your energy levels and, and just in general, like other things that the mitochondria affects within your body that helps it function optimally, if your endocannabinoid right. system is peaked, you're going to have issues all around in that department. So it's just, that is like such a basic, like intracellular function that if it's not working the right way, I mean, oh my God, like, like, and that's just basic, man. And so like, it makes so much sense to me. You plug in these things, you balance things out, your energy's balanced out, your cells are balanced out, your, your systems are balanced out, your body's balanced out. So it just, I love that. Like, like that was a cool fact for me. Um, that I found with that, I, I wanted to make sure that we definitely yeah. kind of went over a little bit of the science, not too much, but, um, important. that was number Very three. Important. It is really important, man. What I want you to get into the next few here. Yeah. If you have any t- points. Speaking no. about yeah. important things, um, so yeah. with the, the endocannabinoid system, obviously some of you guys probably are like, you know, there's various times in your, you might be, want to go like on a weed cleanse, you know, you don't want to try cannabis or if you're just, you know, it's something you don't want to do, which is, you know, totally get it. Uh, whatever floats your boat. There are other ways that you can balance your endocannabinoid system and other things that you might find in your cupboard that can help out. 
Um, so I'm going to go over some of these things. Uh, so for example, you got turmeric, you know, turmeric is so good for you in so many different ways. It also benefits your endocannabinoid system. So turmeric is super healthy it is there's just, there's a million. Well, we had a guest where he, he talked about t- turmeric. We had like a whole episode on how to talk oh, about Steve? The Steve. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> that was one of the things that benefited. And then uh, black pepper, black pepper is good for the endocannabinoid system saffron, clove. Yeah, these and there's there's more, but these are just some of the things that you can take to help you achieve homeostasis besides consuming cannabis for your endocannabinoid system to help your body. Some well, you mentioned Steve and Steve, Steve was telling us on that episode that the turmeric yeah. was was the his fit, number one like like as I asked him that. I said, "Hey, what is your number one bot- like cuz I like herbs and botanics and I I love mixing other yeah. herbs cannabis it's it, the synergistic properties if you again i know we've talked about this before if you guys are listening you haven't tried it definitely try some herbs with your cannabis it's great yeah but he was saying that turmeric um and i i use this in my drinks a lot is besides cannabis the most effective potent anti-inflammatory that he's come there across and, and yeah. this guy is like you know he's he's around this stuff all the time he's got the farm and everything and so um, that was a few episodes ago. If you guys want to go back and listen to our, our conversation with Steve. Yeah, it was it was a good one. And we talked about that. Uh, and I full wholeheartedly agree, man. And those these are what you those little products that you mentioned, those little um, ingredients like saffron and pepper and whatnot, they actually also affect your endocannabinoid system like cannabis does. They actually, you know, interact with it. So it's yeah, definitely, you know, if you're feeling yeah. imbalanced, add this stuff to it for sure. So that brings us to the last the last five. So five. We got to add this in the title because everybody loves this. The five, basically the endocannabinoid system may be able to cure several incurable diseases. Obviously, we talked about how this thing isn't in medical books. Um, you know, it's, it's just getting really researched now. There's so many mysteries to cannabis that we're just unlocking. I feel like every day there's another CBG, CBU, CB. They're, they're just, they're finding all these new cannabinoids and it's just... It's a whole world. Like what? Are, like how many letters in the alphabet can we go with CB? You know, it's there's a there's a whole world that we're still learning and educating, understanding, and uh, we haven't like tested it on these things. We haven't seen if it works with this disease or this. And there's a lot of research with cannabis and cancer right now. So you know, obviously we're not doctors here, but this there is a lot of great things out there. You know, with cannabis that we just don't know, and and I'm sure it could cure some of the things out there that naturally, you know, par- big part of the reason why, you know, a lot of our, you know, when we come up with our, our episodes here, Jack, like a lot of them are just coming from like, just ignate, like anecdotal, like experiments that I've done with myself right. on cannabis. Right. And and this is when we're talking about endocannabinoid deficiencies. Like it can be a few different things. Like I, I definitely had an endocannabinoid deficiency because I, you know, due to anxieties and also health. I mean, I started because of my health, but I also realized like mentally, like I had deficiencies too. I think everybody has endocannabinoid deficiencies because not every person feels the same every day. And if you yeah. did, you, you could, you could be balanced every day. Right. But like every day you wake up, you got to rebalance yourself. That's life. Right. Um, some people have to do that more than others. And, you know, I look at my wife, for example, like she doesn't have like the mental, like, like probably a roller coaster ride that I would have. Right. But physically, like she certainly does. Right. And, and so I think a lot of people again have that. And so her endocannabinoid deficiency, like 
um, regimen, targeted regimen is more based on like physical. So it's very yeah. high CBD based, right? And, 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 you know, mine is a little bit more balanced, right? I like a little bit more THC. I, I always do very high C- CBD as well. Not very high, just high CBD as well. But like, I, it's more of a balancing that I do just because those are my needs. And so when you figure out what your deficiencies are and those deficiencies change, like I, if I get hiccups in two hours, that's a deficiency. And then I just go take a one-to-one hit and then my hiccups are gone because it's a muscle spasm, right? You just like, you level it all out. And so like these deficiencies, when they pop up, cannabis just allows you to plug into those CB1 and CB2 receptors. And then that just balances it all back to normal. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. 
I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.